0: thank you so much thank you choir and thank you praise team thank all of you for taking part in worship this morning and i appreciate you uh, being worshipers let the worshipers arise and i pray that uh, god was honored in everything that that he heard this morning if you brought your bibles turn to ephesians chapter six ephesians chapter six we want to look at ephesians chapter six a uh, passage we shared, I shared with you from last week, Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 4. And so this is kind of a part two of a sermon series. Uh, last week I shared with you, beginning a series, God's instructions to children and to parents. And last week's sermon was a challenge to children. And this week's sermon is going to be God's challenge to parents, and we want to look at Ephesians chapter 4. If you would, stand with me while I read uh, verses 1 through 4 from God's uh, inspired word, inerrant word. So if you would, look at verse 1. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can come to a point in this service, a time in the service where we open the Word of God. We know, Lord, that your Word is true, it's inerrant. Uh, We know, Lord, that it's your Word, it's God-breathed. It's the Holy Scripture, and we pray, Lord, that we may realize what we read today is from you, and it's true, and Lord, that we might take it and allow your Spirit to touch our lives with it. May we be willing to make any necessary decision that would improve our relationship with you. Father, there may be someone here today who's never trusted you as Lord and Savior of their life. There may be others, Lord, for whatever reason, have walked away from you. We pray today this is a reunion time for them, and it will be a first time for those to come to know you as Lord and Savior of their life. Thank you. Be honored in this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6. Last week we looked at the instructions to children and parents uh, with a challenge to the children, and we became aware that the instructions found in Ephesians 6 verse 1 through 4 were not given only to the church at Ephesus. But these instructions were also intended for children and parents. And our generation, our generation is a generation of problem children and problem parents. We kindly reached the conclusion that one of the major causes of tension between children and parents is a failure to to heed the instructions of God's word. So therefore, Paul he gives a challenge to children. And to parents, and just as for a time of review, a short review for those who were not here, some were out of town, and some were not here last Sunday. But first we talked about a challenge to the children, verses 1 through 3. First, children are to obey their parents. Children are to obey, they're to submit to their parents, comply with their parents. They need to hearken to their parents, heed to their parents, follow the direction and the instructions of their parents. Why is that? Mother well, the Bible says, because this is right. This is right. So remember, children, you, you're to obey anything, everything that your that that your parents uh ask you to do uh that doesn't conflict with scripture and lines up with the word of God. You are to obey your parents. But notice he said there you're to honor your parents. So regardless of our age and regardless of the age of our parents, we're to, we're to honor our parents. We're to honor them. He, he gives this as a command. A command is something that's true uh, for every person, every place, and every time. He didn't tell us to trust our parents because that's not necessarily true. All parents can't be trusted. We, it's sad today that children have uh, trouble trusting their parents and he didn't say children respect your parents it's sad that some parents can't be respected even by their children but he says children honor your parents honor your parents and that's a command it's a command there's a promise if you look there at verse three the promise is that it may be well with thee and that you may live a long life on earth and so it's the only command that god gives us that has a promise and if you want to live a long life on the earth, uh, then uh, you need to honor your mother and father. If you want to live a short life, same is true. You need to disrespect and dishonor your mother and father. I really believe that God is serious about this command. So remember also when he says to honor, honor is, is not feelings, but honor is a, uh, it's a moral choice. It's a moral choice. And so to honor your parents is a commitment to treat them with dignity and respect and to commit uh, to their their long-term best interest. If you honor your parents, you're going to treat them with dignity, you're going to treat them with respect, and you're going to commit to their long-term best interest. And so we need to honor our parents. Now, how do I do that? Well, we discussed three ways real quick. First, we communicate with them. We need to communicate with our parents through phone calls. That's the best way, really, if you can talk. best thing to do is commit in, uh, to communicate in person and or through a phone call or through text or through email, sending cards at Christmas, at birthdays. You need to communicate with your parents because when you do that, uh, you're reflecting God's grace that he demonstrated to you as you communicate and demonstrate that same grace to your parents so you communicate with them secondly you care for them you say well they didn't care for me the point is that one day you may be put in a situation where you have to offer a level of care to your parents in which they then offer that same level of care to you and so you need to care for them But God commanded us to honor them with dignity and respect and to care for them and to care for their long-term best interest. Now, the question is, how can we communicate with them that don't want to communicate with us? How can we honor that person that never uh, cared for us or honored us or respected us? And how can I care for that person who never cared for me? Well, the point is, in order to do that, you're going to have to perhaps forgive them. In order to care for them, in order to to obey that commandment, you're going to have to perhaps forgive them. So there's a challenge to the children. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Secondly, honor your father and mother, regardless of your age, regardless of their age. And you're to treat them with dignity and respect and commit to to their long-term best interest. How do I honor them? I communicate with them. I care for them and I forgive them. So that's God's challenge and commandment to children. And so today in, in the series God's Instruction to Children and Parents, we're looking at God's challenge to parents in verse 4. So if you will, let's look at that, let's look at that verse again. Verse 4, Ephesians chapter 6, as we look at God's challenge to parents. And he says, verse 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Don't provoke your children to wrath. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Fathers. He uses fathers there. However, the verse is, a, is not only a challenge to fathers, but it can be applied to moms, it can be applied to grandparents and aunts and uncles because there are situations in our society today, in the home today, that the father may not be present, the mother may not be present. You may be raising your grandchildren, may be raising your nieces and nephews, may even be raising a neighbor close by. I know people who raise neighbors, you know, for whatever reason, mother and father's out of the picture and they're living, a neighbor, a small child is is living with a neighbor, and they're bringing them up. And so we're, to, we're, to, uh, we're challenged here. He says, uh, uh, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So what do I do? What do I do to do that? Well, he tells us in this verse how we should be parenting. Now, not only in just one verse, but there are several verses in God's Word that assist us and help us how to parent? There, there should be no reason that you should say, I don't know what to do. How do I do? I mean, I don't know what to do. Well, God's, God has a book here that teaches parents how to raise children. All you have to do is, is open up this instruction manual, and he'll tell you exactly how you need to raise your children. Now, if you want to guess at it, that's up to you. But if you want to do what God wants you to do, you take this and you go by this and forget about everything else and everyone else and just do what God says and you'll have pretty good good parenting skills, I promise you. Notice he says, Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. Bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. The New King James Version says don't provoke them to anger. The, NSV, the NAS says don't provoke them to anger. The, the uh, ESV says don't provoke them to anger. Now, parents, he's not saying don't make your children angry. He's not saying that. Because there's times where parents... Have you ever experienced your parents making you angry? Of course, you ask to do something, they say no, and you pitch fit and you walk out of the room. Or, you know, I didn't pitch a tantrum. I did one time, but I knew never pitch another tantrum. But you, they, the times your parents make you—he's not saying don't, don't ever get angry. Don't ever, don't ever make your kids angry because at times parents and even friends, we have to say things that perhaps will make other people angry. You know, that's not good for you. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't have that vice in your life. That makes people angry. And so the point is there are moments where we're going to have to tell people things that will make them unhappy and, and our children will be unhappy at times. Uh, I experienced that. No doubt you did, too. However, the way that uh, that the word wrath is used here, it's used as a a long-seated disposition of anger. It's something that just sticks there for years and years and years and years and through the adult years. So it's, it's an anger that is settled, and it continues as... In an ongoing fashion. It just continues to build and build and build and build. So God's word is saying that it's possible if you're not careful parents to create that type of disposition in your child. This settled ongoing anger. Wrath. Now um, there's so many adults today that are angry. I wonder if the anger that we see in adults that's on the news and TV. Things happen because uh, adults have, have kind of reached the top, of you say, of their, their boiling point. I just wonder if, if, that, if that all started back in childhood. Now, I'm not blaming necessarily their childhood, but I'm looking at parenting, the way they were parented. Parenting. According to this passage, Paul is saying parenting is like walking a tightrope. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like walking a, a tightrope. Perhaps you go too far, or maybe you don't go far enough. And Paul's saying here, there's a balance that we have to, there's a balance that must take place in parenting. Now listen to what he says. He tells us what we can do to make sure that we're not, creating this seated settled anger in our child he says here that there has to be a balance between between nurture and admonition raise them up in in nurture and admonition of the lord for years we've heard this term raise kids in the nurture and admonition of the lord you ever heard that yeah raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the lord I doubt if any parent, mother or dad, on Father's Day or grandparent, anyone perhaps who's raising a child, received a card from their child, grandchild, or niece or nephew that said, I want to thank you for all the nurturing and admonition you've given me. See, we, we don't use those words. We really don't know what they mean. And so they're better translated, you may have a new English translation, they're better translated as discipline and instruction. Raise them up in discipline and instruction. Now you've got to have a balance there, we're going to look at that. Raise them up in discipline and instruction. Discipline has the ideal of training. Training has an ideal training instruction there's an ideal of counseling uh teaching instructing so you need to raise them up and have a balance between discipline and instruction in discipline we're kind of setting guidelines and we're kind of walking them through those guidelines making sure they're staying in those guidelines In counseling, we're talking to them and we're explaining to them about the guidelines and we're explaining to them, we're trying to create an understanding of what's going on in their life at this time. We're counseling them, we're teaching them, we're instructing them. So you have discipline on one hand and you have counseling on the other hand. However, the problem is that we're probably more to one extreme than the other. You may be more disciplined than you are counseling. You may be more counseling than you are disciplined. But you've got to have a balance of both. It can't all be disciplined, but it all can't be counseling. You've got to have that balance. Either you may tend to over-discipline or over-counsel. And so what happens if you tend to over-discipline, it's all about rules, obeying rules, demanding perfection, and, and, and what you tend to forget is that that child is not an animal. That child is a human. They're different than a dog or, or an animal. You know, you can train a dog. You can, you can train a horse. I had a, I had a little mare. Her name was Dolly. And, and I, I taught Dolly. I trained Dolly how to count. I'd say, count to five, Dolly. She'd step off five times. Count to eight. You could mix the numbers up. She could count. And I'd say, say yes, and she'd shake her head for yes for some, for some corn. And I'd say, go stand on the stump, and she'll go there, and there's a big pine tree down, and a huge pine tree about four foot in diameter, and, and it laid across, and she'd stand up on that, on that tree. You, you, can, you can train that. You can train an animal. That's why you hear some people say, well, my dog is better behaved than my kid. Ever heard that? I've heard that. But they're not an animal. An animal can train you can train an animal to do certain things, certain times. But kids are not that way. They're they're humans. they they're created in the image of God. They have a soul, an eternal soul. They have a mind. They have a will, and they have emotions. And if you constantly demand perfection all the time, and if you tend to over-discipline, the root cause of that could be that you don't want to be embarrassed as a parent. And because if your kid messed up, you feel like it's going to reflect on you... They're poorly, and you don't want everyone looking at you. And and so, you you know, at times you have a problem over discipline because you have this external perfection going on in your life, which you can't meet all the time either, and you're demanding them to do the same thing, and they'll find they can't meet it either. So be careful about over discipline. So you demand them to live up to the image, if you're not careful, that you've created for them, and that's dangerous. The point is, you have to be careful that you're not just demanding perfection because on the other side, you have a person who perhaps is over-counseling. I'm going to reason with them. Well, they're two years old. Or they're three years old. They don't understand English. They don't understand reasoning. You're saying things to them, perhaps if you're not careful, that... You know, that they, they can't perceive or they can't understand. They haven't had their eyes open that long. Are you going to reason with them? No, they're, they're children, they're kids. Really, kids can control three things. Three things, they can c- control food, and they can control, uh, I'll jot it down, sleep. They can control going to the bathroom. They can control food. You, why don't you eat? Please eat. You need to eat. I've run into this situation before with our children. We'd go to the doctor, and he said, well, they'll eat when they get what? When they get hungry. Well, you need to go to sleep. You know, we'll, we'll take them into a room, and, and we'll say, go to sleep. You need to go to sleep because in the morning, you're going to be real cranky when you get up. Cranky. The kids think cranky. You know, they're thinking, you know, no, I'm not going to sleep. I can control that. I'm going to stay up all night. I'm going to holler. You're going to stay up all night with me, and I'm going to cry and scream and holler, and we're going to be up all night. They can control that. And sleep and food. The restroom. You need to go to the restroom. Okay. You go to the restroom? Yeah. Get in the car, and guess what happens? Got to go to the restroom. Got to get out. Get them to the restroom. See, see they can control those things. And 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 you really with that in mind, you, you really think you're going to reason with a two year old or a three year old. You're just not gonna do it. And the point is when you counsel and you over counsel with no rules involved, you're treating that two or three year old like an adult. They don't understand it, they don't get it. You get frustrated, I get frustrated. Because we're over-counseling. You're trying to have an adult conversation with a two-year-old, a three-year-old, and they can't process the information. They just don't understand it. So here's the point. There has to be a balance, Paul says, between discipline and instruction, counseling. So you have to set rules, and you have to stick to those rules. And when they mess up, and you have to counsel them, Then you walk through and you make sure they understand why this rule is here and why it was what it was was, and how they messed up and the consequences. And if they continue to mess up, this is what's going to happen. And so you cancel them, not because they're going to embarrass you, but because of what their life is going to look like later on. That's the purpose of the discipline. The point is you have to balance discipline, Paul says. Bring them up. Raise them up in the the discipline and instruction, the admonition of the Lord. But notice, he says, bring them up. So first, you're going to discipline, you're going to instruct them, and then you have bring them up. You have to bring them up. Someone said this, and I really loved it. It said, bring them up. You bring them up to let them go. That's another balancing act. You bring them up to let them go the point is you, you know you you don't allow your children to become too dependent upon you but but you you don't want to push them out too soon there has to be a balance there uh, i don't know who who made this quote it's not original with me but about about the purpose of parenting they said this getting your children ready Parenting is getting your children ready not to need you. Getting your children ready not to need you. Preparing your children not to need you. Now, when you, when you hear that, that terrifies some people. To get your children ready not to need you, it terrifies you because your identity is not in Christ. Your identity is only in being a mom or a dad. And then there comes a time where they move, they marry, they move and you're no longer, a, you don't see yourself as a mom and dad anymore. And that terrifies some people when, when, they, when they're gone, and you're no longer dad and mom. Why is that? Because you're not raising them up. They, they've left. So the question is, who, who are you when they leave? Well, it's real simple. You are who God created you to be for a season of life. He's called you to parent this child. But, this, but there's coming a day when they don't need to be trained as a child anymore. And you grow them up to move them out. They need to go into the world. They need to be responsible adults. I remember my dad praying when I was a teenager, and he would pray, and he'd say, God, help, help us as we raise our children that they will be responsible adults and contribute to society. That's my dad's prayer for us. Responsible contributors to society. And let me go a step further. Responsible contributors to the kingdom of God. Raise them up to be responsible contributors to society and to the kingdom of God. And so when he talks about, if you'll notice, when he talks about raising them up, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up, raise them up, as some translations have. When he talks about bringing them up, raising them up, that indicates, that indicates growth. And growth means that there's going to be a time that, that they, they're going to mess up. And when they, when they mess up, you don't say, well, you made your bed and you need to lie in it. You need to come along beside them and let them know that you love them. And when they fail, pick them up. It's not about, I told you so, that's a bad time to say that. But you need to take time to let them know that you love them. Raise them up. Raise, raise them up. That's a gradual thing. You don't say yank them up, but he said raise them up. That's, that's, a, that's a gradual thing. Don't push them out too quick. Raise them up. Don't push them out too quick. I'm going to tell you what's sad. Some of you are aware of it. It's sad to see some children, second, third, fourth, fifth grade, perhaps, teenagers who, who are having to act like adults because their, their parents don't act like adults are parents. And they're having to be pushed out early. Don't make your kids don't listen, parents. Don't make your kids raise you. It's your job to raise them, not them to raise you. They they deserve a mom and dad. Don't don't uh, don't have a conversation in the car and and uh, you know don't have that conversation and and talk about the other spouse perhaps because they need to know that if anything that mom and dad love each other. They need to know that. You're, you're not, you're not, you don't need to try to force them to pick one side over another between mom and dad. Don't don't get in the car even after church and, and dump all your problems and all the criticism that you have on your kids. Kids deserve an opportunity to be kids. They're kids. So don't put your kids in a situation too soon to where they have to face being a grown-up because kids make terrible grown-ups terrible grown-ups so raise them up the point Uh, don't hold on so tight because you're living through them some parents do that perhaps you never made the football team or the basketball team or the cheerleader squad but that doesn't mean that your son and daughter has to make the football team basketball team or the cheerleader squad they not they may not be an athlete i mean he may just want to go fishing or she may want to be in the band, or she may want to uh, go to dance or piano or something of that nature. Let them be what God has planned for them to be. You say, well, Brother Samuel, we always played baseball. Well, they may hate baseball. And if you keep driving them and driving them and driving, they'll just hate it that much more all uh, right brother sammy we always went to dance and gymnastic well they may hate jam- dance and gymnastics Sorry, they all listen uh, we've always made straight a's they may not be a straight a student my sister made straight a's i don't want to talk about my report card <laughs> it's like kyle, uh, i believe it was uh kyle asked me one day he's worried about failing a test and he had all a's and and uh he said dad he's about drop him off and he said dad he said, i'm gonna make an elf and i said you're not gonna make an elf yeah i'm gonna make an elf i know i just i'm afraid i'm gonna make an elf he said did you ever make an elf and i said well, that's none of your business kyle <laughs> i wasn't a straight a student let them be who god created them to be now closing most important thing first of all remember balance and discipline and instruction balance that discipline and instruction bring them up to let them go teach them to know the lord I don't know what's on the top of your list, but if that's not on the top, it needs to be. Teach them to know the Lord. Do they have a desire to know God if they're not a Christian? Teach them to know the Lord. God may have them picked and chosen to grow up and one day be a leader of this church, a deacon of this church. Don't mess that up. Put that at the top of your list. Teaching them to know the Lord. Teach them to know the Lord. Uh, You know, he he doesn't just say raise them up or discipline them and instruct them, but he says do all these things in the Lord. In the Lord. Teach them to know who God is and what it means to know God, who he is and what it means to know. Pray for your kids. Pray for your kids in front of your kids. Pray for your kids with your spouse. Pray with your kids. And when you have a problem, teach them the first thing to do is to go to God with their problem. Run to Him first. Talk with your kids about your testimony. That's important. Parents, talk to your children about your testimony. uh, When you got saved. Where you were when you got saved. The situation and how it all came about. How you got saved. Do you have a testimony to share be a godly example. Be a godly example. Be a parent. You see, listen, get get your child really doesn't need you to be their best friend. They need you to be their parent. That's what they need, and that's what God intends for you to be. Their parent. Get your life together. Grow up where you can raise your children. In Walmart the other day and standing at a checkout. I spoke to the checker, and Judah and I were standing there, and, and she said, I just can't believe it. This is the checker. I just can't believe it. I, you know, when I was growing up, kids didn't act like this. And that like this. Parents don't seem to care anymore. They scream, they holler. That's what she said. You see, grow up, get your life together where you can raise your children. One thing that stuck with me when Judah and I got married and we began to talk about, well, really when we got married, a favorite verse of mine is 1 Corinthians 13, 11. Real simple, parents. Underline this. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away all childish things. It's time to grow up. If you're not, when you get married, if you're not ready to grow up, don't you get married. Because it's terrible to have immature parents, immature spouses and immature parents. But if you're going to get married, you make sure you've matured enough and you're grown up and you're, you're, you're ready to put away some things that, all, that you're always involved in. Because once you get married, you, you put away those childish things. You become a man. And you have a little boy or you have little girls tagging alongside you. And your primary responsibility is them and nothing else in your spouse. You have to get it together. They deserve a parent who's going to raise them up and know the Lord. A parent who you, they can depend on. A parent's not always perfect, but one who will be there for them. Most important thing that you can do as a parent today is come to Christ. Today, get saved. Today, get committed. Today, build your house on the rock of Jesus Christ. If you don't, don't be surprised when it crumbles. The thing, the thing that would make your child the happiest today is not a trip to the beach Those are fun. It's not a new car. Those are fun. But the thing that will make them the happiest for any child, I believe, is to have a dad and mom who loves Jesus, who lives for Jesus, and who serves Jesus. And to put anything above that, in my opinion, is the worst case of child abuse. Period. A challenge to the parents. Balance between discipline and instruction Bring them up, teach them to know the Lord, be the parent. I had uh, found this, uh, one of my favorite theologians, and I'll close with this. I'm a little over, but it's really important. John Phillips said this. My father often referred to children as little people. This is referring commentary to verse 4. It was a quaint expression, yet profoundly wise. When children are people, they're not mindless objects to, to, to be bossed and bullied. They're people who have thoughts and feelings and hopes and fears and likes and dislikes. As children grow older, winds of change blow over their developing bodies and minds and personalities. Life becomes more complex and decisions are more significant. But children are people and they must be respected as people because they're little people. They're little people. They need constant supervision, counsel, and limits. They're growing up in a confusing world, and they're encountering people whose values are quite different from those of their parents. Parents need to study their children. The growing up process takes every child through various phases of development. A parent ought to know about these phases and recognize when a child enters each stage. No two children are alike. Some are strong-willed, others are passive. Some are clever, others are slow. Some are adventurous, others are timid. Some are bold, others are shy. Wise parents will study their children, make allowances. Many books on parenting are available today, but not all of them are equally good because most modern psychology leaves God out entirely. The best textbook of all remains the Bible especially the book of Proverbs. Wise parents know the Bible. They study the case histories of parents and ponder the stories of boys and girls. Every child needs to have a solid moral foundation on which all other biblical instruction can be built. Parents should lay this foundation early. They should encourage their children to memorize the Ten Commandments, segments of the Sermon on the Mount, Many other scripture passages. Psalm one nineteen eleven says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Parents should teach their children to know, to love, to sing good hymns, courses with a message. In later years, those ingrained truths will come back. The Holy Spirit will be able to draw on this material when confronting the boys and the girls and the men and women with the issues of time and eternity. Let's get it together as parents before we lose our children. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to come together this morning and open your word. And we've seen the challenge for the children. And now we've had that challenge for the parents. And Father, I pray for each parent here this morning. And Lord, I love each person here and I love each family here. And so Father, you know the hearts of people. And you know the parenting skills that people are showing. And I pray that we can take your word as truth. And Lord, that we'll have a balance. We'll have this balance between discipline and instruction. And we'll have the balance, Lord, in raising them up. Lord, in the Lord. And so I pray for families here. I pray for moms and dads who are raising children. I pray for grandmothers and grandfathers raising children, aunts and uncles raising children. And Father, I pray that we can use your word, your book, as our guideline, our parenting book. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do through this this morning. I pray for anyone here who's never known Christ, that today they would come and they would trust you, Lord, to be their Lord and Savior. I pray, Lord, for those who would need to move their membership and get plugged in and worship here. Be used of you. And I pray, Lord, for parents again. Help mamas and daddies, grandpas, grandmas, whomever may be teaching children and raising them up. And I pray for the kids, Lord. Their children, their kids, they need parents. They need adults. They don't need to be adults as young as they are. Lord, they need an adult. They need a parent. So help us, we pray, to be the parent that you would be proud of. Thank you for our children. Thank you for what you're going to do in this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Terry's going to come and lead us in hymn of invitation. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Let's stand together. He'll lead us. Any decision you have, you need to come this morning. Be here to pray with you, welcome you. You come as we sing, all right? Come on. Any decision you have.